and welcome to Talking Talmud. I'm Ann Gordon here with Yardena Osband. Today's daf, Brachot Yudtet, 19. I want to type some loose ends first, however, before we get to today's daf, about yesterday's story. Yardena, you had asked about this um, very challenging narrative that takes place on daf Yudchet Amabet about the story of a cemetery. There's a story of a, of a righteous person who ends up hanging out in the cemetery, and it's According to the way the Gemara tells the story, it was Erev Rosh Hashanah, and he's a poor man, and there's two spirits there, and they have a whole conversation about one's going to go roam all over the earth and find out what's going on, and the other says, oh, I can't even leave because I'm, I'm stuck here. And the phrasing that's used is, let's go roam all over the world and hear from Mechorei HaPargod, from behind the heavenly curtain. So I just want to, you know, elaborate on some thoughts that I had about this particular scenario. What what happens here is it's in the context in the Gemara of um, this discussion that we that we spoke about yesterday about whether the those who are have died, do they know what's going on in this world or do they not? Do they know the pain, let's say, uh, and suffering that's happening amongst their the loved ones they've left behind or do they not? So the Gemara asks and uses a story as a means of answering. And Part of what its answer is, I think, that, oh, I'm sorry, one more thing. Um, so the, when the man ends up in the cemetery, it's because his wife had mocked him and he basically like runs away to hide in the cemetery and he, hear, he overhears these spirits and then he's able, from what they say, to make good on what's, gonna, what's going to happen in the future and therefore he becomes wealthy. And the idea is that Indeed, because they're pay- these spirits are paying attention to what's going on in the world, it must be, to answer that question, it must be that the dead have some awareness, some knowledge of what's going on in the world. So my, my response is as follows. I think that there's some salient details here that matter. Um, specifically, it is Erev Rosh Hashanah. Um, yes, it's in a graveyard we're talking about the dead. And, um, and there's a concern, I think, for about what they're talking about for God to reveal his hand, right? And I think that this, what's underlying this message is there is this very human desire for a comprehensible world, that we want to know what, how God is running things. Um, I think it is the most human cry when it comes to death. It's always too soon. It's rarely seen as something positive from a human perspective or only in the time of great suffering, Khalila. And, and why death altogether for that matter? Like what? Who said that we should have a world with death in it to begin with? I mean, fine, God created the world this way, or this is this is exactly what's supposed to happen. This is what we said yesterday. It's the natural course of events, but it is not something that is pleasing to humanity. So here are the clues that make me think that this is the underlying discussion. First of all, the phrasing, we see it elsewhere in Chazal. Um, specifically when there's something that is troublesome and very difficult to understand. I'm thinking first and foremost of the Midrash Ela Ezkara, which is in the Piyut, which is referenced in the Piyut Ela Ezkara that is recited as part of the liturgy of Yom Kippur. This is, we've talked about this even on the podcast already, about the Asar Haruge Malchut. Um, and instead of it simply being an elegy, simply a, a, a lament for the loss of these um, tzaddikim, chachamim, um, the story on, that's recited as part of Ela Ezkra includes a justification for their deaths, right? That there's a, a, a rationale that's provided there. There was guilt from generations before, and now it's going to be carried out upon these sages. And the story goes that Rabbi Ishmael, 
went He went to consult with the angels, with God, to find out was was this really justified that the Romans were legitimate in carrying out this uh, apparent punishment against Chazal? And the answer is yes. And so he's he comes back and he is among the Asara Hurugebalchut. But the idea of Meachurea Pargod that he's going to investigate something that is troublesome, that is beyond human comprehension, meaning why ever would these tzaddikim have these terrible, torturous deaths, right? It's fundamentally impossible to understand the why of that. They're righteous, they're good, and, and it's just, you know, very, very dismaying. Death in general, maybe, but this torture, odioter, oh, how much more so? So, so I think that that's clue number one. The very fact that me'achore pargod is the is what they're going to do here. They're going to go see how the world is really working. So I think that's clue number one. Um, clue number two, or perhaps it was clue number one, was Rosh Hashanah, right? Where so much of what we ask for, so much of what we discuss in the at least in the Ashkenazic liturgy, um, is we're asking how do things work out the way they are working out. We want things to be judged fairly. We want good people to get good things happening to them. We want bad people to be punished if they have to be, but we certainly, most certainly do not want bad things to happen to good people, right? We want our human understanding to align with the experience of what we, what we see in this world. And we have all this discussion in the liturgy of Rosh Hashanah and the, and the customs surrounding the Yamim Noraim of to prevent the Satan Right, the Satan is yeah, it's translated as Satan, but in in Chazal, it's really the accuser, accuser, someone who's a, an entity that's going to come and be uh, the litigator, the prosecutor against Bnei Israel, against any one individual in this in this time of judgment um, before God. We want to make sure that the Satan has no sway over these high holidays. So that. I have long said, and I can talk about it at length, and maybe when we get to those dapim, um, I will talk about it at greater length, the idea that the Satan makes an appearance specifically and intentionally when there is something amongst Chazal for, that Chazal find to be beyond human comprehension. And so the Satan comes and, and plays the role in making nice and smoothing out these very troubling issues. And issue number three is, we can move on right from the Satan, is exactly this language of going to wander all over the earth because this is the formulation that is found front and center in Parak Aleph and Parak Bet, the first two chapters of Sefer Eov, the book of Job, namely the Satan's activities. What is he doing? He's wandering all over the earth. And then God says to him, and did you see my, my servant Eov? Isn't he wonderful? And thus begins the dare, so to speak, that um, brings about the downfall and all the terrible, terrible things that happened to Eov um, as a result of, in fact, the Satan wandering all over the earth. So I think that this phenomenon of these spirits, one of them anyway, going to wander all over the earth is, a, is reminiscent of the vocabulary of Eov, which is the critical book of, you know, beyond human comprehension, when very, very bad things happen to a very, very good person. We, of course, didn't mention this in the context of Duff Hey, um, and we were talking about the Odyssey there, and Yisurim Shal Ahava, but I, I think that this is part of what's going on here in this discussion of the dead, because how can we not, how could Chazal not talk about the, the so much unfairness of things, this idea that we don't really understand why things are the way they are. Now, my proof, and this is clutch, my proof that this is the topic of conversation. I was very excited to see it in today's daf, daf yotet, Ahmed Aleph, a little bit further down, 
or Abaye says in the name of Rish Lakish, or maybe Rav Yossi, he says straight up, don't invite problems. Don't invite a judgment against yourself. Don't risk things going awry in incomprehensible ways. Now, again, the fact that the world runs in ways that are incomprehensible to humanity is very painful. But I think that this story in the graveyard, which is itself kind of puzzling and incomprehensible, is an acknowledgement of our desire for things to make sense. Um, now, this brings me, oh, before, one more thought before I come back to Yotet Amr Aleph. I just wanted to make a plug, an endorsement, a recommendation for everybody and everybody to go read the book Being Mortal. I cannot pronounce the author's last name. I apologize for that. Um, but you can look it up. It's a bestseller, Being Mortal. And it talks very much exactly about this. Um, ha the, the phenomenon of death and even the illnesses that precede um, end of life type of thing, these d difficult conversations that people must have that are much harder for us in this day and age when death is less present in our daily lives and it is less natural in our experience of it. Um, this book was recommended to me by a friend who found it very helpful when she was having some difficult conversations with her family. I keep hoping it will help get my own family to have these conversations too. But either way, it gives everybody who reads it a leg up in terms of dealing with these the scary specter of this unmentionable, the unmentionable of, of death and the phenomenon of it, even illness, um, as they have become challenging in the modern era. Now, um, just a final word, and then I will turn this over to your Dana about um, the extent to which the dev, the dead know what's going on or what they don't. Uh, so the Gemara says in Daf Yotet, I'm sorry, Daf Yotet Yitzchak, kol acharei hamet, ki ilu acharei ha'even. So Rabbi Yitzchak says, anybody who speaks negatively, right? If you're speaking after someone who's died, then it's as if you're talking about a stone. And then the Gemara comes and says, and the language even switches to Aramaic, and the Gemara says, well, either they don't know, meaning either the dead don't know, what does it mean to be like a stone? There's no response. There's no response because they have no awareness of this. Or the low they they know, but they don't care, right? That this is not within their realm of experience anymore. So it doesn't bother them if the people are being nasty about them. Let's say, any the Gemara says, is it so? Sorry for the Aramaic. Um, I'm not sorry for the Aramaic. I'm sorry for not being able to read Aramaic as smoothly and as confidently as I read Hebrew. Um, although I can tell you what the words mean, at least. So here's what happens. Rav Papa, again, later generation, comes and says, well, one second, there was somebody who spoke disparagingly. He spoke against uh, Mar Shmuel. And what happened? Um, uh, a beam, a beam, or maybe a reed, a beam fell from the ceiling and hit him in the head. Um, so isn't that indicative of the fact that clearly Marshmuel, who had died, was listening and caused this to happen? And the, so again, then we can come into this question of what's a coincidence and what's a nace and when is something intentional and we can't tell because of supernatural. There's a lot we can unpack here further. We're not going to do that right now. But the Gemara concludes here, Shani Torvami Rabbanan, the Kuchabrihu Tavai Bikare. 
No, th- that's a different case. When you're talking about Marshmuel, who was uh, one of Chazal, right? Meaning he's a one of the Talmidei Chachamim. That's different because you can't say that the dead care from that example, but you can say that with a Torah scholar, Hashem gets involved and demands that his honor be upheld. So then you don't have to worry about, well, did Marshmuel, the did the the um, did the Chacham who had died bring it about? No, leave it in the hands of God. We don't have an answer. At the, the end of the Gemara, at least thus far, the answer the Gemara does not have an answer whether the the dead are listening, involved, care, can do anything about it. Here, Dana, I turn to you. So I think that was a lot to unpack and uh, a very good analysis of that story. Um, and I think it's great that we chose today to go back even to the previous staff because it does flow into uh, the DAP of today and that the beginning of the DAP lands on this issue of how we give kavod to Atam and Chacham it even further elaborates that on later on I wanted to pay attention to something on that appears on Yotet Amun Bet um, where the Gemara gets into a discussion trying to understand uh, why basically one is allowed, you know, if you're busy taking care of the dead, that you do not need to say Kriyachma. And the answer we give is that essentially it's, you know, a way of honoring the deceased. Um, and that's like a certain kavod we give to somebody who has departed this um, world. But it brings up a larger question, which is, are there other circumstances under which we say that the preservation of, let's say, human dignity or respecting another human um, allows us to sort of forsake or not do mitzvot that appear in the Torah. And the example that they give here is the following, and it's an interesting example that illustrates this. So Rabbi Yehuda says in the name of Rab, let's say somebody is walking in the marketplace and, you know, but basically in public is the idea, um, and they discover that they are wearing kilayim in their clothes. So, you know, kilayim is basically the idea that we can't wear uh, linen and wool together. Um, I actually had this happen to me last year that I found a favorite sweater of mine that I had worn for about a good two years, actually ended no. up having kilayim in it. Long story how I didn't notice earlier. Um, and I literally remember, like, I didn't figure it out till I, whatever, went to take it to the dry cleaner. Um, but it, it had the sense of like, wow, I was really, <laughs> I, I really was, did not keep this mitzvah correctly. Um, but anyhow, so the idea is this person is in the shuk and realizes that they've been wearing kilayim. And what does the halacha tell them to do? Um, afilu bashuk. They immediately have to remove it. Um, and think about it. You're like walking in the shuk and all of a sudden you would basically have to disrobe and take off your clothing. This would be a very embarrassing thing to do. And the reason they give for this is they cite a Pasuk Mishle, right? My time in Chachma Vein to Vuna Vein Eitzel and Hashem, which translates as that there's no wisdom, understanding, or counsel against Hashem, meaning that if there's going to be a Chil Hashem, we don't show respect, right? We, we, the, the idea that you would have a Chil Hashem is worse. So here they bring basically an example which shows human dignity is not the priority. Um, And that's essentially what the halacha is here, that 
one would have to remove their clothing quickly. That would cause some embarrassment because the idea of doing a chil Hashem of, you know, basically desecrating God's name because you're not keeping this Esur, this prohibition from the Torah of wearing kilayim is so great that we don't even have sort of self-respect and you, you would have to um, take your clothes off quickly. Then the Gemara basically spends a lot of time bringing other cases to show this cannot possibly be true. How could it be true that human dignity does not take precedence? And I'm not going to go through each case. I think it's worth reading through carefully. I know there are some listeners who just, you know, listen to our podcast, uh, but this may be worth something worthwhile to open up the DAP itself and take a little bit of time. And it basically brings other cases to show, no, here's a case where it looks like human dignity takes precedence over actually following a particular halakha from the Torah. And the Gemara basically ends up in the following place. Um, it has a discussion with uh, Rav Kahana, and it says the following, Toshma, come and learn. Gadol kavod habriot, shadocha lota shabbat Torah. Right? Greater is human dignity as it overrides even a lota, say a prohibition in the Torah. And so the Gemara continues and says the following, Va'amai, how is this, like, how is this so? Lema ein chachma ve'ein tevuna ve'ein eta l'neger Hashem. It quotes our previous pasuk from Mishlei. And it says the following, Targama Ravbar Shaba kamei d'rav kahana v'lav d'lota asor. So Ravbar Shaba interpreted this prohibition, which basically says we override human dignity before Rav Kahana. And he basically says, why would this be the case? Because of the lotase, right? The prohibition of the lotasor, right? There's a pasuk in Devarim, pasuk Perigidzayin, pasuk Aleph, which basically says that a person cannot deviate. Lotasor, you can't do anything different than what was actually written in the Torah. So that would mean what? What's written in the Torah, keeping that halakha of the Torah is more important than actual human dignity. Um, and it goes on, right? So the yeshiva students basically laughed at him, right? They laughed at Rav Bar Shaba, and they basically said to him that this of Lotasur, it's like any Torah prohibition. So, right, human, of course, human dignity wouldn't override it more than any other Torah prohibition. So Rav Kahana comes and says the following, I'm a Rav Kahana, Gavra Rabba. Amar Milsa. He says, a great man has spoken, okay? Lo tichuchu aleha, and don't laugh at him. Ko mile de Rabbanan, asmichunhu alab de lo tasur, omishum kabodo, shiro Rabbanan. And he says, any uh, law that the Chachamim make that are based on rabbinic law, they all fall under this lo of lo tasur. But rather because of human dignity, this, the Chachamim permitted. So essentially where it lands up is the Gemara, Rav Kahana, it makes a distinction between uh, laws that are derabanan and laws that are deraisa. Laws that are deraisa, and you see this in the previous examples that are given, it may be more complicated to say that human dignity is more important. But laws that are derabanan, even though they fall under lotasor, which is a deraisa, which is a from the Torah prohibition, but when it comes to kavod, right, 
the Chachamim would basically suspend rabbinic law in those cases where it collides. Now, I don't know that this answer is going to satisfy everybody. And certainly I think there are people who would say, well, even if human dignity, you mean to tell me it can't be preserved in cases where it comes in conflict with um, with a Raisa, with an actual Torah law as opposed to rabbinic law. My point to bring this up is really just to say that I think we see that this is something that even the Chachamim themselves really uh, dealt with. They were very, very aware of. And also in a period of time of the Tanaim and Amorayim, when sort of rabbinic Judaism was in itself getting established and the whole of Judaism is being changed, the fact that Rav Kahana comes and says, this was even the limit that Rabbanan was willing to make on their own law, right? That's something that was from them, they were willing to say, no, in a case of human dignity, that would be suspended, even though you technically could say it could fall under the Deoraisa of Lotasor. So I don't have an easy answer for this because, again, with my modern sensibilities, and I'm sure we can all point to certain halachot that we feel maybe a preservation of human dignity is not always felt, right? Aguna certainly is one that comes to mind in my in my lifetime. Um, but that we see that the Chachamim really acknowledge that this is something that happens, that human dignity does not always seem to take first place when it comes to actually keeping halacha. And how we integrate that is one of much discussion. Thank you for that, Yardina. I think that it's... Um... I think that is inherently challenging to us when we find things that kind of contravene our impression that Torah and Gemara and Chazal and everything Jew- Jewish is supposed to be supporting human dignity and we find something that runs counter to it. I, I hear the challenge. I think it's a challenge. That's our DAF discussion for the day. Thanks for joining us. Uh, rank us, review us where you get your podcast. You can join our WhatsApp group if you prefer that. And until tomorrow, go and learn.